offering basket, but whatever you do, don't miss your day of visitation. Amen? Amen. I see you up. Are you ready for worship? I said, are you ready for worship? Are you ready to praise God with me on today? Let us exalt his name together. Praise the Lord, family. Praise the Lord, everybody. Anybody glad to be in the household today? Hallelujah. Anybody know that God is good? Anybody really know that God is good? Anybody truly know? Have you tried him for yourself and you know that he's good? Hallelujah. There's the hymn. One of my favorite hymns that says, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. Is that anybody else's testimony? God, it is well. God, you are good in spite of what I'm going through. God, you are good in spite of any heartache. God, you are good in spite of any circumstances, God. Because your goodness is not predicated and based on my situation. God, you are good just because you're God. God all by yourself. Hallelujah. You don't need nobody else, God. So we just come to worship you on this morning, God. And we want to let you know that you are good. Hallelujah. God, you are good. Hallelujah. All over this place in your own way, just go ahead, lift your hands and worship. This song simply says,
sing, Lord. Lord, you've been so good. Lord, you are good. You've been better. And I can't praise you enough. You gave your life, so we owe our life. We can't praise you enough. Even if we try.
And let's give God a big hand of praise all over the sanctuary. Praise God. We were blessed greatly in the nine worship, and we anticipate again another blessing through the word. Um, I need to stand and address a part of us that we need to activate, a part of us that needs to be exercised, and it's called faith. All of us have faith, but we're not doing anything with our faith. And today's message is going to motivate us, encourage us to do something with the faith that we have. There's a word in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, where Paul said in his second epistle to this young preacher, this young pastor, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, I am persuaded that in thee also. Take note of this. Um, Paul says, the unfeigned faith that is in thee. And then he, he stated that he's persuaded that it's in thee also. I need to preach a message today that's entitled, It's in you. Uh, look, look, just look at your neighbor and just say, It's in you. Yes, yes, and you may be seated. Uh, too often we look for something outside that we already have inside. Our, our search is outward when it needs to be inward. Having faith is essential. I mean, Hebrews 11 and 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that uh, diligently seek him. In the case of Timothy and many of us, our faith is embedded within us. Today I stand to inform believers about a reality regarding faith. The same faith you employ to become saved is the same faith that is currently in you. In other words, concerning your faith, uh, it's in you. This is what Paul told Timothy concerning his faith. Uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, Paul said in essence to Timothy concerning his faith that it's in you. He said this in the context of verses 1 through 4, and I invite you to just kind of walk with me through that. Um, I'll paraphrase, and as you're reading it, I hope to be highlighting what you're reading. Uh, uh, I'm in 2 Timothy. I'm in chapter 1. Verse, in verse 1, 
Paul identified himself as Jesus' apostle. In verse 2, Paul acknowledged Timothy as his spiritual son, meaning his son in the ministry, and spoke grace, mercy, and peace from God and Christ into Timothy's life. In verse 3, Paul informed Timothy that he prayed incessantly for him night and day. In verse 4, Paul expressed to Timothy how Paul recollected Timothy's tears and the joy Paul would experience if Paul could see Timothy. After saying all of this in verses 1 through 4, Paul said to Timothy in verse 5 concerning Timothy's faith, it's in you. Look at somebody right now and just say, it's in you. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. Again, uh, it reads, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned uh, faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Unfeigned, uh, the word unfeigned uh, derives from the Greek word Anapoletos, uh, which also translates in English as pure, genuine, and sincere. So when you look at that word unfeigned in verse 5, you need to understand in its original language, it also means pure. It also means genuine. It also means sincere. Therefore, the unfeigned Faith means a faith that is pure, a faith that is genuine, a faith that is sincere. And at this point, uh, we should be examining ourselves. Uh, uh, if we are individuals who profess to have faith, we ought to ask ourselves, uh, is my faith unfeigned? Meaning, is it pure? Is it genuine? Is it sincere? In Acts chapter 16, verse 1, and you know Acts is the book of the Holy Spirit, but it's also a book of church history, uh, it gives us a background of what's happening here in our text. Uh, you might want to go there. In Acts chapter 16, verse 1, Luke uh, was the writer. So Luke, the writer, informs us that Paul went to Derby and Lystra, which is where Timothy lived. So that's important. We see some background. We see some dealings that Paul had with Timothy, and we see some history of it that's recorded in Acts 16 and 1. Uh, Luke, the writer of Acts, uh, informs us in Acts 16 and 1 that Timothy was a disciple, meaning a follower of Jesus Christ. Luke also informs us in chapter 16, verse 1, that Timothy's mother was a Jewish believer, a Jewish meaning a Jewish believer, and his father was a Greek. Along with Luke, uh, 
Paul seems to be well acquainted with Timothy and his family. So when we read Acts chapter 16, verse 1, we can see that the writer Luke was familiar with Timothy as well as his family. Now that we read uh, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, uh, verse 5, we see that Paul was also well acquainted with Timothy and his family. Are y'all with me, everybody? Paul provides additional information in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 5 that we don't get in Luke 16 and 1. Uh, in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1 verse 5, uh, Paul provides the names uh, such as Lois, meaning Timothy's uh, uh, grandmother, and Eunice, uh, Timothy's mother. Paul was convinced that Timothy had in him the same unfeigned faith that his grandmother Eunice and his mother Lois had. I wonder how many of us were blessed to have a godly grandparents or godly parents, and now we are saved. Well, here's the good news. You're blessed to have that same faith that your grandparents had. The same faith that your, your parents have. So praise God for that unfeigned faith. Because Paul was certain about Timothy's faith, Paul said in essence to Timothy that it's in you. As Paul said to Timothy, I say to believers concerning your faith that it's in you. I need you not to hear the voice of the devil because the devil's always saying something to us that's negative. Today, Lord, my brothers and sisters, the Lord wants you to hear something very positive. If you have been born again, that same faith that you experienced uh, in order to believe in God, that same faith is in you today. But there's a problem that I'm noticing, and that's with many of us and even myself at times. The faith that we talk about, in many cases, we're not doing anything about it. It's almost like when you, know, when you receive a credit card and you receive that credit card, they'll tell you that before you use this credit card, it's got to be activated. A lot of us have a similar situation. We have a card uh, that has been approved, but it has not been activated. Uh, it's uh, been approved by the bank, but we haven't activated. And that's the way it is with our faith. God has already approved it, but we have not activated it. In other words, the words I'm going to be using, we have not exercised it. So I'm going to say again, as Paul said to Timothy, I say to believers, concerning your faith, it's in you. Everybody peek those three words. Uh, it's in you. Catch this, everybody. And for those of you taking notes, you need to get me well. Certain desirable outcomes. So now I'm dealing with some issues in our lives that we're seeking God for. I'm dealing with those uh, uh, areas in our lives that we've been praying and talking to God about. Well, I need you to hear this. And, 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 and certain desirable outcomes will never occur if you believe only what you can see. Believing only what you can see is not faith. Faith believes what you cannot see. 
Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So let me reiterate, faith believes what you cannot see. Believing only what you can see is not faith. Certain desirable outcomes will never occur if you believe only what you can see. However, everybody say however. They will occur if we exercise the faith in us. And that leads me into the key idea. That's, my, so that's a segue into the key idea. Here's a key idea for those of you taking notes. Uh, desirable outcomes occur by exercising the faith in us. So to those of us who are praying about certain matters, uh, we're we're talking to God about some issues uh, that we need the Lord to do something about, I need you to understand desirable outcomes occur by exercising the faith in us. Maybe you're sitting here and you're saying, there's some things I'm praying about and nothing is happening. Well, the big question is, where is your faith? And I'm saying desirable outcomes. Everybody repeat that. Desirable outcomes occur by exercising the faith in us. Why don't you put some hands together on that one? The question on the floor is, how do we exercise the faith in us? I mean, when you talk about activating the card, they tell us, just dial this number. How do we exercise the faith that's in us? First of all, speak it. (laughs) Let me hear everybody repeat those two words. Everybody say, speak it. We exercise the faith in us by speaking. Speaking it, the faith that's in us needs to come out. Look at your neighbor and say, it's got to come out. One major way that it comes out is by speaking it. This is biblical. I don't want you to uh, leave here thinking, and those of you watching by way of streaming, I don't want you to think that, oh, he's sharing with us what he learned in college, or, oh, he's sharing with us what he learned in seminary. It's Bible. If you don't believe it, you go with me to Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. When I say speaking it, if you don't believe it, just go there. But Jesus told us to speak to our mountains with faith. In Matthew 17 and 20, it reads, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall look. You shall say, meaning you shall speak unto this mountain, remove hence to, to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Our mountains, these mountains, this mountain that Jesus is talking about in Matthew uh, chapter 17 and 20, we need to understand our mountains are problems and issues. Is there anybody in here other than this pastor who knows something about having some problems? Uh, anybody in here other than this pastor who knows something about having some issues? 
Well, hear this. Our mountains are problems and issues in our lives that's beyond our control. I don't know about you, but I have been faced with problems. I have been faced with issues that I could not work out. And whenever you're faced with problems, whenever you're faced with issues that you cannot work out, that's what Jesus is referring to as a mountain. Though they seem to be permanent, they are not. So I need to encourage somebody because somebody in here, you've been dealing with a problem for a long time and you're starting to buy into it and you're starting to just accept that this is just part of your life. I am a living witness of having some short-term problems but also having some long-term problems. Is there anybody else in here, you know something about short-term problems and you know also something about long-term problems. Short-term problems, these are problems that you had and you got over them quickly. But long-term, these are some problems that's been lingering. They've been around for a long time. Anybody know what I'm talking about up in here? So I'm saying to individuals who are dealing with uh, long-term problems, uh, you've had them so long, maybe years, uh, I still declare that they're not permanent. They are still movable. We as believers are divinely empowered to speak to our situations and demand results. We underestimate the power of what we speak. Actually, on the, on the opposite ends, we need, we, and we need to be careful what comes out of our mouth. Because whatever comes out of our mouth, even though we can apologize, nothing can bring it back. When we have faith within, then we can address and confront any situation by speaking to it in the name of Jesus. And I just want to ask this question. Is there anybody in here that's been on the journey long enough to know that there is power, wonder-working power, in the name of Jesus? Well, hear this, my beloved. This is a practical message. It might not shout you, but it's going to help you. <laughs> After we speak it, then we must do something else. Look at that neighbor and say, we got to do something else. <laughs> Many speak in faith but fail to see results because something else must follow. What must follow is our second point. Two words. Send it. Oh, yes. Everybody say, send it. First I said, speak it. Now I'm saying, send it. Uh, we exercise the faith in us by sending it. What we speak must be sent. This happens by pressing the send button. <laughs> Are y'all listening to me? Uh, oh, yes. Uh, if, if, if you have been speaking to your situation, you must press the send 
button. I've had situations uh, where uh, I was, uh, I thought I had sent an email, typed out everything, but it didn't go anywhere because I failed to push the send button. I've had situations where I was texting somebody and later realized that person never received a text because I never pushed the send button. Uh, are y'all listening to me? So, so if, if, you've been, if, you, if you have been speaking to your situation, you must now press the sin button. Inertia happens when we fail to press the sin button. For those of you taking notes, inertia, uh, I-N-E-R-T-I-A, uh, happens when we uh, uh, fail to press the sin button. Uh, inertia means uh, that nothing has changed. So if you're living from day to day and nothing has changed, your existence can be de described as inertia. Are y'all still with me, somebody? Some of us have been dealing with inertia too long. We, we have regrettable situations in our lives that need to be resolved. Situations in our lives that need to be moved. Situations in our lives that need to be destroyed. Am I preaching to anybody up in here? When God has released us from these situations, we need to speak it and then send it. On a computer, when we fail to press the send button, information is stored in the draft folder. The good news is that the inf information can still be sent. <laughs> Whatever is dormant in the draft folder can still be sent. Moreover, our draft folder is full if we have not been pressing the send button. Will you put some hands together up in here? Pressing the sin button is simply attaching a powerful prayer to what we speak to. In other words, when we speak to our situations, we must also press the sin button by praying. Jesus did say in Matthew chapter 21, verse 22, he said, and all things, somebody say all things. He didn't say some things. He didn't even say most things. But Jesus said, and all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Has anybody been on the journey long enough to know that God will hear and answer prayer? I'm not talking about folk who done heard this, uh, but who in here you have experienced for yourself, uh, you know uh, that God will, uh, he will hear, and he will answer prayer. Matthew 21, 22, Jesus is saying that we shall receive if we pray with faith. Speaking it and sending it are essential. But something else on our part is needed. Look at that neighbor and say, one more thing is needed. Thirdly, stand on it. Come on, everybody, speak. I need you to repeat those words. Everybody say, stand on it. We exercise the faith in us by standing. 
standing on it. We, we frequently fail to exercise the faith in us because we give up too soon. And somebody in here right now is smiling, but hear this, you're tired. And you need some encouragement. And your encouragement is going uh, to come by way of your neighbor right now. I want everybody to look at somebody and just say, don't give up. Uh, tell that neighbor, regardless of what you're going through. Come on, y'all not talking enough. Come on now. Look at that neighbor and say, regardless of what you're going through. Don't give up. Come on and give some, put some hands together, somebody. Speaking it and sending it are inadequate if we don't hang. When we speak it and send it, we must then, guess what? Stand on it. Paul had a mindset of Christian standing by faith. If you don't believe it, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24, it says, Not for that we have dominion over your faith, but are helpers of your joy. And catch this. He says, For by faith ye stand. We can't stand in this wicked and nefarious world on our own. We got to have faith. Every day when we begin the day, we got to have faith in God to get us through the day. A firm stand by faith is necessary and noteworthy. Standing on it implies that results may not be instant. Yes, we say speak it. Yes, we say send it. But now I'm saying we got to stand on it. So the fact that we got to stand on it, it does suggest that all results are not instant. Said in a different way, Pastor. Just because we speak it and send it does not mean that results will happen immediately. Sometimes we can speak it and send it, but not see results until much later. You do realize that, that God moves in his due time. And God's due time is not always our time. Being a spoiled child growing up, being my mother's only boy, I'm used to having things happen quickly. But with God, it doesn't work that way. If it was up to me when I asked God, I would want it to happen right then. But God doesn't do it that way all the time. A lot of times, again, I say, our time is not his time. Are you listening to me? In other words, maybe somebody can hear it this way. He does not always come when you want him but he's always on time can somebody shout on now one time can furthermore by standing on it we not only succeed but also grow and that's what I had to learn as a child of God that when God chooses not to move as quickly as I would love for him to move, that, that God is going to move, but a lot of times he'll let me stay in that situation for a while because he wants me to grow. He wants us to be better than what we are. He wants us to grow in humility. If God wants to do everything when we want him to do it, some of us will forget that God is the one doing it. 
So sometimes God will leave us in a situation long enough so that when we call on him and call on him and call on him, not that he didn't hear us the first time, but keep calling on him, it's going to always remind us that it was God and not we ourselves. How many of us know we made it this far because of God? Realize that, that that burden, that problem, that, that you were able to God and not you yourself. How many of you know the job you got, the house you live in, the car you drive, the money you have? It's God and not you yourself. If you know this God and it's not about you, go ahead and praise God. So again, I say uh, by standing on it, we, we not only succeed, but also grow. This explains why God sometimes waits before he dispatches the blessing. God desires to bless us, but he also wants us to grow through the process. Growth results from waiting on the Lord. <laughs> Anybody know anything about waiting on the Lord? Uh, it would be remiss of me not to allude to Isaiah 40. In verses 30 and 31, when Isaiah said, Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall utterly fall. Come on, Bible readers, help me with this. Uh, but they, uh, any Bible readers in here, I said, but they. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Uh, uh, they shall mount up uh, uh, with wings as eagles. Uh, they shall run uh, and not be weary. They shall walk uh, and not faint. I need to conclude at this point. I don't have any much more to say. I need to conclude, but I can't do it unless you've understood so far. If you've understood what I've said so far, go ahead and show it by giving God a big hand of praise. Today's message is entitled, It's In You. Everybody repeat those three words. Everybody say, it's in you. Uh, our sermonic text is recorded in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, uh, which reads, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, uh, I am persuaded that in thee also. The key idea, if you recall, it says, uh, desirable outcomes occurred by exercising the faith in us. Because it's the key idea, I think there's no harm in us repeating that. Let's say it. Let's make sure we have it good. Everybody repeat these words. Desirable outcomes occur by exercising the faith in us. Why don't you put some hands together if you agree with that? I want you to throw these points back at me. We explore three ways we can exercise uh, the faith in us. Number one, by what? Speak it. We have to do what? Say it again. Speak it. Speak it. Number two, we have to what? Speak and then number three, we have to what? Oh, y'all got it good. Go ahead and put some more hands together. My beloved, a major reason that it's in you is because of Jesus. In other words, the faith that is in us would not be what it is if it had not been for Jesus. How many of you recognize the faith you have? Jesus has a great part to do with that. 
The faith you have, Jesus, plays a major part in that. If you know it's a Jesus, go ahead and praise Jesus right now. Thank God for Jesus. Praise God for Jesus. So I'll say a major reason that it's in you is because of Jesus. I think you knew where I'm going on a Good Friday. Jesus died in our stead for the remission of our sins. After being buried for three days and three nights in uh, Joseph's unoccupied tomb, the old preachers would say his brand new tomb, uh, Jesus was resurrected. Yes, with all power in heaven and in earth. Why don't you praise God for the gospel? In today's message, I have said it's in you. But, but don't, don't, don't misunderstand me. The you also includes me. <laughs> in other words, uh, it's in me also. Uh, faith is in me also. Uh, uh, I, I will take heed and, and practice speaking it, sending it, and standing on it. Uh, I, I know without a shadow of doubt that it's in me. And because it's in me, that's all that matters. If you have that faith and you know it's in you, amen, I want you to look at somebody and just say, that's all that matters. One night a house caught on fire. A little boy was stranded on the second floor. All the boy could see was the smoke and the fire. However, he could hear his father's voice. And his father just kept yelling and saying to the boy, uh, just jump. Uh, the boy said, Daddy, uh, I cannot see you. All I can see is fire. All I can see are flames. You're telling me to jump, but I cannot see you. The dad said to the boy, but I can see you. And that's all that matters. Come on and get with me on that, somebody. Faith says we cannot see God, but he can see us. And because God can see us, that's all that matters. Can I go personal with you? I have never seen God, but I have faith that God is. And that's why you hear me testifying that he works with me and he talks with me. I, I believe, I, I have faith that God is. Again, I cannot see God, but God sees me. I've made it this far because God sees me. I'm still standing on the promises of God because God sees me. I got breath in my body, a reasonable portion of health and strength because God sees me. I cannot see God, but God sees me. And guess what? That's all that matters. In closing, I'm reminded of a song that many of the church mothers, they knew. They know this song. Lyric says, something within me that holdeth the reins. She knows it. Something within me 
I cannot explain. All that I know, there is something within. It's in me. My faith is in me. But guess what? Also, it's in you. God bless you, everybody. Eyes are closed. And Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for being who you are. And many of us who are saved already have faith. But unfortunately, our faith needs to be exercised. It needs to be activated. I pray, Lord, that as a result of this message, we will no longer walk around with a dormant faith. But especially when faced with mountains, we will exercise our faith. Exercise that faith that's already in us by speaking it, sending it, and standing on it. Lord, I pray for people here as well as the many that are and will be watching by way of streaming, I pray that if they're not saved, that you will save them and that they can experience this faith within. And I pray for others who are here as well as watching or will be watching by way of streaming, that if they're already saved but need a church home, that you will motivate, you will inspire them. Well, you, we know that when you come back, you're not coming back for folk who profess about a church, but you're coming back for the church. I pray, Lord, for everybody concerning our needs, I pray, Lord, that as we prepare to present your tithes and offerings, that they be acceptable unto you, I pray, Lord. As we prepare to depart from this place, that you will continue to abide with us in the name of Jesus Christ. And we say amen. Your eyes are still closed. A great invitation is extended to those of you in person as well as viewing by way of streaming. To you that's in person, you have two ways you can respond if you not saved but want to be saved or if you are saved and would like to make St. John your church home, you can respond by raising your hand or you can respond by filling out that form which many are choosing to do. There's a form